Ah, you damn right. Welcome to Tuesday. It's not just Tuesday. It's uh, July 11th. You know what that means, don't you? It's 7-Eleven Day. That's right. Go grab your Slurpee and one of those uh, hot dogs that's spinning on the on the deal. You know you've hit 7-Eleven late at night, early in the morning. Whatever you hit 7-Eleven for, you get on that today. Plus, we are one day closer to Big 12 Media Days. One more time at Jerry World for sure. Do the Longhorns get to go twice to Jerry World in 2023? That second one is up to them, but the Big 12 will invite them the first time. We'll get into all of that, plus a crazy story out of the Big 10 results in a coach getting fired, plus a coach that resigned says, wait, no, I didn't actually resign. We'll try to get to all of it. It's Chad and Zay on a Tuesday. I am Chad Hastings, and he is the one and only ready for Big 12 Media Days. We'll probably be rocking an Earl Campbell jersey tomorrow. Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? If I had an Earl Campbell jersey, I would never rock it. I would have Tyler Campbell have his father sign it for me, and then I would hang it up somewhere at the crib. That's a better call. Yeah. Yeah. Much better. Much better call. By the way, my excitement also extends to one weird thing I didn't expect to get today. Zay, did you get a thank you for coming to the Big 12 Media Days from the commissioner today? I didn't see that. Well, Zay, I don't know. Uh, I just want to let you know that we are going to be officially welcomed tomorrow let by me the check commissioner. My email. What's going on? I got an email today from the Big 12 Communications, and it reads <clears throat> Dear Chad, comma. Thank you so much for planning to attend the 2023 Big 12 Football Media Days at AT AT&T Stadium. I greatly appreciate the commitment you are making to be here. Many thanks for all you do in support of college football, and I look forward to seeing you over the course of the next two days. Exclamation point. Sincerely, Brett Yormark, Commissioner. That's love. Come on. Love. Come on, people. If you listened last year, you know that this show interviewed Brett Yormark, and he was pretty cool, pretty confident, coming in, trying to figure out all the Texas and Oklahoma stuff. Now he's got all that figured out. And he was nice enough to reach out to, you know, media folks and thank us for coming. Brett Yormark, in fact, Zay, as we go on the air tomorrow, we may be able to get people a little bit of his official words because his press conference is right at high noon. Okay. Like, it's like the first thing out of the block. So we may be able to bring you a little bit of that. He will hit the podium. And I'm really interested to hear what that opening statement is going to be. Because he's going to have to come up with a weird mix of, is it going to be heavy on welcome our four new schools? Is that what he does? Yeah. Because he's going to get asked a question about Texas and OU, right? Oh, absolutely. So how, how soon? we may get? What we may do tomorrow is, if there are press conferences going on, I'm not going to bore everybody with the whole press conference. That's silly. But what we may do is whatever opening statement is there from the coach or commissioner in this case, and then maybe we'll see what like the first one, two, three questions are. After that, when you get fourth, fifth, and sixth question, it can get a little meandering. Right, right. I want to know the early ones, though. One, two, or three is our man Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman. Normally, Kirk is ready to roll. Oh, Kirk. He is ready to go. He's been in the game a long time. He got his questions right. He's going to be prepared. When it comes to the Mount Rushmore of I Ain't Afraid to Ask, 
Kirk's right up there, and he will absolutely ask a question, and you know it'll involve Texas. So, Brett, you got Texas and Oklahoma, your two biggest brands. They're leaving next year. And if you determined, uh, you know, whatever, he'll come up with a way to ask a question about what that means. So we may get into a little bit of that, but that should be right out of the block tomorrow. Brett, your mark's going to speak pretty quick. Phil still got Texas OU going 1-2. Yes, so he does. in his opinion, he thinks that either one of those teams are going to hoist up that Big 12 championship. And you and I have joked about Mr. Yormark having that Big 12 championship oh, just tight in his hands. Ain't going to want to give it up to Brent Venables or Steve Sarkeesian. Can you imagine if it's actually those two teams? Like, I hope it's not because I can't stand one of them. I want to see Texas whip OU the first time and kick them out of the discussion. But my God, for the theater of that, your mark would. If I was your mark, I'd show up hammered that day. <laughs> hammered, Zay. I'd be, I'd wear a, I'd wear a Hawaiian shirt and shorts Yo, you and know, just show up lit. You know some Johnny Walker Blues going to be in the building, yeah. so why not? I'd rock, Exactly. I'd walk by Jerry's office and say, Yo, Jera, you got some of the good got stuff me. for you, for your man? <laughs> Please. Got some good stuff for your boy. I oh, need to be loose today. My goodness. All right, so we'll get to Big 12 Media Day stuff tomorrow. In fact, today we're going to get you a little more preview and hit two interesting teams Obviously, you're interesting if you get all the way to the national title game. So we'll talk TCU. And Oklahoma State is going to be there tomorrow as well. What about Mike Gundy? And neither team is bringing a quarterback. So we'll talk about that, get you some Spurs updates as well. But unfortunately, we have to start with some crazy coaching news today. Let's start with football, Zay. This Northwestern thing has now not only produced a suspension, Fitzgerald's out Pat, Pat Fitzgerald is done on this hazing issue. If you've been reading the last couple days, there's a former player that has admitted he's trying to get him fired. And then there are current players saying, wait, no, hold on. This didn't happen. Coach didn't know about anything. What's going on? This is just somebody you know, going after him and trying to get him out. So in the end, Northwestern fired him. They did an investigation. And from what I'm reading today, Zay, for people that think this is one person that they're believing – I read they interviewed like 50 people. Yeah. 50 that are connected to the program, and they decided Pat Fitzgerald has to go because of hazing stuff on the football team. Sad, man. It's sad. I mean, once upon a time, people kind of turned their head when it came to hazing because they thought that it brought the team closer together, which is a weird way to think, but it is what it is. And that's kind of the mindset that people had. And now – like, there's just nowhere in sports those things could happen. Like, no, nowhere. Yeah. Like, it's just well, – <laughs> and what you hear from the nudity, forced participation, sexual acts of degraded nature, like, all those things, that just turns my stomach sour. Like, it's – those things should not be happening. When you come to a college as a freshman, you want the best experience possible. And a lot of those things could be traumatizing for a specific person. And the fact that Fitzgerald didn't know – what's going on might be worse like you got to know your program man. right and yeah. i i still think it's bs like he knew some stuff that was going on but yeah it was just time to go and it's pretty sad to hear what you've been hearing around that part of chicago yeah so if this notion part of the story i read is there the part of the accusation is at one point he had a hand signal like a clapping hand signal he would use during practice, and that meant you were going to get punished. It meant you were going to this hazing ritual. They called it like the Shrek Club or the Shrek Gang or whatever. And 
and I've always said one of my big rules in life is if there's a bunch of people in a room and I have and I'm naked. First off, there doesn't need to be a bunch of people in the room. If I'm naked, there should only be a certain number of people in the room. And there really are only a couple reasons why that why I need to be naked. If I am showering and about to get out of there, if I am involved in a medical situation, or if I'm getting down. One of the three. If none of that is happening, something's wrong. And they're talking about naked players. They're talking about players in masks, like upperclassmen in masks. You know, I don't know if it's tying them up or detaining them somehow naked and then putting them through, you know, different activities, some sexualized, some not. Um, and, and there's all these different descriptions of it. So this is ultimately what gets Pat Fitzgerald fired. But, Zay, there's a bigger conversation to have. You brought up a great idea today. And I, I, I've done this before, but I think it's a fascinating look into sports but also society because this is everywhere. Do not we, we know we can't blame this on football anymore. We know we can't blame this on guys anymore. That's not what it's about. It's about something far crazier because, you know, girls' soccer has gone through this. Marching bands have had to shut down because of this and because of hazing. So I want to hear people's hazing stories, thoughts, feelings on it, because like you said, we are in a different age now. Pat Fitzgerald, a young guy like Pat, by the way, he was at 17 years, coach. Oh, he's been there for a minute. Put it all together, it's about 25 years. To, yeah. he was a No pl- Big Ten championships, really. Nah, that's true. He was a bad nah, couple. Maybe he was a, one. He was a badass player. Then he was an assistant. Now he's been the coach forever. Now, see, I don't. I want to stand up for a guy like Pat Fitzgerald on its on its face because Pat Fitzgerald fits the mold in a way of meathead coach. When you see Pat Fitzgerald, you could see a little meathead meatheadedness. But I want to try to defend that because that's what you, most people see when they look at me. If you don't know me, I'm walking around as pale white guy, real short haircut. Somebody might think that of me that I'm a meathead. I don't consider myself a meathead, but they might think that. Pat Fitzgerald had proven himself up to this point of not being one of those guys. I heard Reese Davis interviewed on SportsCenter. He said, if you told me this was about to come down and had me guess, if you gave me a guess of six or eight coaches that would never be a part of something like this, I'd have put Fitzgerald on the list. Wow. That's what he thought of Pat Fitzgerald. That's the rep that this dude had built. But apparently it goes to maybe what you're talking about, Zay. It's like, what's worse? If he knew and did nothing, or if it was going on and he somehow didn't know. Like, which of those two is worse in terms of, I think we could agree maybe the first one's worse, but still, if, and by the way, their investigation found no specific evidence he knew. Let me state that clearly. And he has stated it clearly now through his attorney. He's saying, yeah, we're going to look into the law part of this and my attorney's going to deal with it. They did not find one shred of evidence he actually knew, but I think a lot of those former players, it was like, hey, did the, did the coach know? And they're like, yeah, I think he did. Right. So that's, that's where this story is. Let us know. Uh, somebody said exactly how many can be in the room with Chad. Is there a limit? It depends on the night. <laughs> it depends on the night. But in general, that's one other person. I've never been a part of group situations, so I'm not a group guy. And I don't know why there would need to be two doctors in the room with me if I'm naked and we're checking stuff out. So even if one doctor wants to say, you got to look at that thing on his leg or whatever it is, okay, well, one of y'all could leave and let the other one come in. If we need to discuss it, I get it, but probably two max, Zay. Yeah, that's, I, that, that's me. 
But it's a crazy, it's a crazy world, and thankfully, I've never been a part of it. You said to me earlier, though, throughout your coming up in sports, you did. I'm, I'm assuming. Well, I see. I assumed it was sports. Was it sports where you were yeah. exposed to hazing? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Definitely saw hazing. There was one guy. Not gonna say his name, but he was part of the Bowie basketball team. Mm-hmm. And on a bus ride, he stuck a bottle up, you know what, of a freshman player. Oh come on, bulldog! We, we never saw that dude again. CC got him out of there. CC did not play that. He said, "Ain't that's never gonna happen. You're off the team immediately." Like that might have been first strike for him. Nice. Like who knows? And that's just what it was. Like there's just those things can't happen. And you don't know how traumatized a player will be or a person will be from that situation because obviously it's going to happen to a weaker person or weaker player. Usually somebody who says, no, nah, I'm not a part of this. They're going to stand up for this or go down fighting. Like, I, that situation, I'm fighting somebody. Or right. ain't no way this, this is going down. I don't care who you are. You might be All-American player, senior, all Big Ten, whatever. We fighting. Right. Ain't nobody going to take advantage of me of any way. Hazen or not. This ain't right. – I ain't trying to be a part of this team. Hell no. If it's me, I would definitely hope that I would be the one fighting. I'm with you there. But also, I would all, I always hope that there's a team – where's that teammate that will fight for him or her? Right. I always wonder that situation. Like, all of y'all – Full, whatever. This was a basketball team you're talking about, but it, sometimes it's a football team. Sometimes, like I said, it's a fully a full marching band. Is like half a marching band is in a bus, and nobody wants to do anything, even if they know that's crazy stuff. Um, but I mean, see, and I'm glad to hear that reaction. That immediately your dad realized, like, whoa, 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 and that's what Northwestern needed here. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen them that mad. I can imagine it's horrific. Yeah, that's terrible stuff. And what it looks like for your program as a coach. Because now people are talking and like, oh, CC got kids doing this and that. No, he doesn't. And whoever doesn't, get those bad apples out the bunch. Like, that, that is what it is. That's why it's Fitzgerald thing. He had to be fired immediately. Yeah. And, again, the fact that he just didn't know, that's wild to that me. That is crazy. All right, somebody also texted. Remember, Specs text line 337-3776. Chad, how many are allowed in the room if there are sheep? See, that's not fair. <laughs> that is not fair, and that's not the discussion we're having. So how dare you? Uh, Pat Fitzgerald has been fired. I mentioned earlier – uh, and again, let us know if you've been involved in any kind of hazing thing. It's a crazy, uh, it's been a crazy world for a while. It's still out there. It's amazing to me to consider. I lucked out. Shout out to my part of Waxahachie Athletics because I never dealt with it. I was a tennis player, but I also did off season. I did uh, so. I played basketball in junior high. We've chronicled that a little bit. Fourteen point performance against Corsicana. I scored half our points. We there won, we go. We won twenty eight. Light 14. them up, Chad. Yeah, best team was the uh, green team. The next best team was the white team. <laughs> I was on the white team, and the white team was the white team in more ways than one. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> that was junior high. Never experienced hazing. Did we have you know shower situation? Sure. Never heard of anything going wrong. Never experienced anything myself. The most you'd have was you know there may be uh, it, it was a. You're passing by, and somebody might have a little peek at equipment that somebody else had, and then you'd feel either good or bad about your own situation. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that didn't happen. And then discussions in the locker room like, my God, have you seen? Yeah, okay. That's about it. That's about it. And then I get to high school, working out in the offseason with football guys, but then I would go play tennis. No hazing on the tennis team. Shout out to the seniors on the team. 
All we had to do as like freshman, sophomore, whatever, sometimes we were in charge of donuts for a road trip. See, that's like rookie stuff. Right. This is like ri- in the league and yeah. yeah, that's good. That's that's acceptable. I could tell you at any given moment what the coach wanted. I could tell you that Oh, mo- wait, hold on. The coach was making orders? Well, you know, the coach was driving the bus. We had to take care of the coach. I, I mean, that's a little slimy, coach, but whatever. You know, the coach is like, hey, as long as you're going, <laughs> right, as long as you're going to get the donuts. So I knew that number one singles, Mark Rutherford, shout out to Mark. Mark liked chocolate donuts. He wanted chocolate covered. Sherrod Ray, one of my favorite people on planet Earth, rest in peace, but one of my favorite guys ever. Sherrod was a, uh, he was, I think it was either the cream filled or the jelly donuts. He was into that stuff. Okay. So that's all I knew. Thankfully, I didn't have it, but let us know if you ever have. Somebody says, I observed hazing in high school and college soccer, but was never a recipient, 80s and 90s. It's all across sports. That's the thing. Boys, yeah. girls, sports, band. I bet there's, there's probably somebody with a debate team hazing story out there. Yo, one of my favorite movies of all time, Austin Classic, Days and Confused. Oh, one of the greatest yep. hazing scenes in the history of cinema. Makes me uncomfortable every time it I does, watch it now. It definitely makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. My man Ben Affleck, he was wilding. It's too much. It's too much. But And the, the female version later is too ter- much. Yeah, that's, that's terrible too. I don't like her either. But what Pink did as the cool homie said, you know what, dog? I'm going to take you to a party tonight. I feel bad. We're going to get you a couple of brews, uh-huh. you know? Right. Let you talk to the lays a little bit. He ended up having a great night. If you flip it, it's not as bad. But I wouldn't suggest the old Ben Affleck beating the hell out of somebody waiting no. for Tim Lentz to come after the baseball game routine. Yeah, what I need is the pre-flip. I'm all for flipping. <laughs> Let's flip before it happens. <laughs> pre-flip. Hey, yo, dude with paddle, calm down. And that's where it could get a little shaky, too, because a lot of guys do that. They say, oh, let's get these young guys drunk. And it gets way out of hand because, for one, they shouldn't be drinking. They're only 18 years old themselves, mm-hmm. if that, going into your senior year. But they say, let's get the freshman drunk, and that's gone out of hand from time to time. But it's still not as bad as what Northwestern did, you know? Man, it's just a bad look, man. Yeah. So, I'll look at that. Somebody that grew up with Sherrard says, uh, good shout out. I grew up with him. Fellow Hatchy dude. Uh, that's either Jacques or Jacques uh, texting in. Good to hear from you. This says, hey, at least no animals were harmed at Northwestern looking at you, Aggie. Again, unnecessary. Now, how dare you? How dare you? And this one just says one time at band camp. Right. It can happen there, too. Uh, and this hazing stuff gets Pat Fitzgerald fired. The other coaching story we need to bring up before this break, Zay mentioned it briefly yesterday. I'm not trying to make this a comical story because part of it's not comical. But Bob Huggins' argument right now, Zay, is wild. I don't know if it's taken him this long to like dry out from whatever he's dealing with because he is in rehab right now. He's admitting that. He's, he's saying this in rehab. He's trying to go. He's admitted he's checked himself no, in to like a facility, nah, Bobby. But now, nah, man. but now he's saying I didn't resign. It was an email from my wife. And therefore, I didn't, since I didn't do that, I'm still the coach at West Virginia. You got a good woman, Bob. She sees you're on the edge. At this age of your life, she's looking out for you. She says, you should not be coaching basketball. This is the right decision. Don't try to flip. For one, that's cold on this woman. That, that's wrong that he's doing, throwing her under the bus. That's wrong. Exactly. That's cold-blooded. And I, I read through the story, if I'm reading correctly, West Virginia is stating that they accepted that as a resignation. They knew it was from the wife, but you know who okayed it? 
His lawyer did. They ran it by the lawyer. They said, we are willing to accept this if you're willing to admit this is him resigning, but it's he's doing it through her. Yes, we agree to that. They're saying the lawyer agreed Uh-oh. to it. Bob so, was on that stuff. I, I, yeah. You I don't remember. We got it. Bob Huggins needs to get better. Bob Huggins needs to get life figured out right now. But the idea that he, he would still, like, somewhere in his brain, they're reporting, he thinks he can get clean, get, get dried up, and be ready for the Big 12 basketball season. I just. Come on now. The reason why you're in rehab is because you're making bad decisions. Yeah. So somebody else making decisions for you that have your best interests, like your lawyer and your wife. And your wife, yeah. Like that that's no, Bob, come on. That's a bad the fact that he threw her under the bus, that's horrible. If I were her, yeah. I'd be pissed. But again, he's not all there. He's you know, that, that his psyche, he ain't all there right now. So she might be looking at it like that, like, oh, this ain't the Bob Huggins I married. This is a different dude. Yeah. And he needs help. Yeah, he, he does. Help. He sad, does. Man. Crazy story there. All right, so a couple of weird coaching stories to get us started. We will also talk some home run derby. How about Vlad Jr.? Zay predicted it yesterday. That was his pick to win the home run derby, and Vlad Jr. makes history. First father-son now to win the home run derby. The Guerreros have gotten it done. We'll talk about that. Big 12 Media Day is coming up tomorrow. We're going to hit some Oklahoma State and TCU today. They will both be there along with Texas tomorrow, plus the Spurs do what everybody thought they were going to do. That's all coming up on the horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, goodness. All right. I know the song. The question is is it him? Or is it a cover? I feel like this is a cover. It's Jailhouse Rock. I'm going to say this is not the king. Am I right about that, Zay? Not the king who? Is it not Elvis or is it Elvis? It's not Elvis. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. Okay. I'm just making sure we're still calling Elvis the king. I'm just saying. Is this a big name? I mean, sure. Big time movie. Oh, this is from a movie? Yes. Oh, so this is like the Blues Brothers. There we go. There we go. Okay. I forgot they did this song in the movie. All right. That makes sense. The Blues Brothers. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's one of those crazy things. A lot of people watch the Blues Brothers with Aykroyd and John Belushi, and they kind of thought it was a work. They kind of thought it was sort of a bit. That's not the way John Belushi looked at it. Really? For John Belushi, it was a shoot. He wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. That was his deal. He wanted to be a thought of as a legit musician. That was his thing. Go back and watch those performances on Saturday Night Live. Now, I'm not, now look, when he performed in the B outfit and did the King B, that's, that's a different thing. But everything they did there, it wasn't all just to make us laugh. Like, Belushi, Belushi really wanted to be a, a musician there. The Blues Brothers getting us started today. A nice cover of Jail House Rock. Yeah, Belushi definitely didn't get to live long enough to really show his chops, but when he was alive, he was the man. He was. Animal oh, yeah. House, still classic to Big me. time. Big time stuff there. Uh, rest in peace, the great John Belushi. All right, so uh, we got some football stuff to get into with Big 12 Media Days. Real quick, though, I know you watched the Home Run Derby last night. Zay, congrats on picking Vlad. 
You, yeah. s- you said he would get it done. And by the way, my best prediction, well, I got two predictions right. Julio Rodriguez did take out Alonzo, but once he needed 41, I knew he was probably not going to get to the end. That dude was winded. What a round, though. Oh, he put on the show. That was magical stuff. I love what the, the I don't, yeah, the, those rounds were incredible. Um, and I also predicted, I said Mookie Betts might be lucky to get to 10. He got to 11. Yeah. <laughs> I was right there on Mookie. Yo, when they started talking to his wife, and she was like, he's just glad to be here. He's checking this off his bucket list, this and that. Like, I was like, yeah, dude, he ain't tripping about uh, this. He's making that paper, one of the best in the game, just not a big home run guy like the rest of the guys he was going up against. You know, Mookie loves baseball. Just, yeah. just loves the game. <laughs> He loves the game. Uh, yeah, but Vlad was awesome. And how impressive was it that after all that, Vlad Guerrero lugging around the body he's got to lug around. That's a big physical yeah, that's dude. That's a husky guy. He hit 25 in the final, and that's an all-time record. Yeah. Dude, that was incredible. And he was winded. He looked. You hear what he said when he got to the, the desk and they were interviewing him? He said, if, he's like, I don't feel like I could stand up right now. He said, if I, I, I might fall over. Like, Yo. his legs were hurting him that bad. When he was putting his head on the bat and he was squatting, I was like, dog, I don't know if, I don't know if you have much left. They might have to give you an oxygen tank or something, but he put on the show. And I knew he would. I think just those guys, when you have your pops do it, and his pops is such a legend. I love Vlad Sr. And, you know, his strike zone box was crazy. It'd be completely, like, it looked like just they're trying to walk him and he would hit home runs back in his day. And they would always go back and show his dad in the home run derby and little Vlad Jr. as a kid. So oh, I know. How great was that? He, he takes a lot of pride in it, man. He, he takes a lot of pride in it. And you could tell he was pushing through. Even though he was tired, he was pushing through. And they put on a show last night. It was fun to watch. He hit 72 combined. 26, 21, and 25. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I always forget, like, every year how crucial your pitching coach is. Yeah. Like, you got to have a great chemistry with your coach who's throwing it the same every time and my man from the Orioles had his pops throwing it to him yep. like you have to have that the placement's got to be right to help you out but then also they've got to be giving you enough pitches yeah you can't have a do the yeah. your pitching coach go through this That's big motion dad was dad was taking his time yeah. Orioles dad he was taking his time I was like all right pops you got you gotta speed dad, this up a little bit dad's back there like rock and fire. Come on, Dad. Let's yeah, go. He, he was taking it all in. He was trying to get each pitch right. But, yeah, if you don't got somebody throwing that ball to you at a consistent pace, then that can mess up your flow. And speaking of, how about Adley Rutschman switch hitting? Oh, that was so dope. No one's ever done it. He went from left-handed to right-handed in the bonus time, and he hit six in the last 30 seconds. They first thought he was like seven of eight, but I think they gave him credit for six. Right. Right-handed. In 30 seconds, just dumped six of them out there for the crowd. That was awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. I mean, I wasn't on the right side, right-handed side. He was better, like, the last time, like, the last round when he was up. The last part. Um, I get – well, he hit – Or he didn't have as much time or the – fir- the, the round where he switch hit, I think he went 20 – I think he hit 21 okay. left-handed – and then switched over and hit six more. Okay. So he ended with 27. And right. A nice round. I, I think he got uh, ultimately beaten out there. It's incredible um, what they're doing with the home runs now, uh, the launch angles and everything. I mean, those guys are just naturally crushing the ball out. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., now the, the we mentioned first father-son duo to do it. And the best first round now is Julio Rodriguez with
with that 41 just to get out of the first round. And I should have seen that coming, Zay. That's why you did a great thing to pick Vlad. Because Vlad beating Mookie Betts wasn't a big deal. He had a little wind left. I should have known that whoever got out of Alonzo Rodriguez was going to not make it to the end. Well, you were I talk- should have realized. We were talking during prep, and you mentioned the great point of how they could clean this up just a little bit because they've done a great job. They don't do the 10 outs like they used to back in the Roy's era and all that stuff, and now they have the time. But you were talking about how they could clean it up a little bit to maybe just make it – better yeah I like the time angle but what I might think of is could you do it where let's say in the first round I need 10 to get out of the first round something like that almost make it feel like an NBA three-point or dunk contest where maybe you don't even state how many guys are necessarily advancing but what you could do is if I'm going head up maybe you say all right you guys have to hit 10 or 15 pick one of those kind of numbers in the teens let's make it 15 if you hit 15 homers stop you get to an extra time at that point. And then let's see if the other guy can hit 15. If he doesn't, you advance. Right. If he does, then do like a... And are you doing a time there or a certain amount of pitches? Do the time. I'd say do the time for that. Okay. I like the time element versus the outs is how they used to do it. Give them 10 outs. Yeah. That's a little weird. Because then you'd have way too many pitches taken. They'd take way right, too many. Right, right, right. Uh, that wasn't good. So then find out some kind of extra time. Do a, do a, hit, a swing off. Where you say, okay, now you got to hit five more and see if you can just see if you can find a shorter version that gets them advancing to where an Alonzo or somebody like that. Because by pairing those two together, and it just so happened that way, because I think they do it by homers on the season. So it just happened that they were two and seven on the seating. But I don't know. On one hand, it could help you later. But on the other hand, Zay, it takes away the show we watched last night. Right. It takes away the dude needed 41 to get out of the first round, and he did it. Or actually, he said it, and then Alonzo couldn't catch him. I'm sorry, that's the way it worked. Alonzo got beat by 20 home runs in the first round. Yeah. That's just crazy. So that was fun to watch. All-Star game is tonight. Zach Gallen going against Garrett Cole. These crazy lineups. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. If you're a Rangers fan like me, first time I've peeked into an All-Star game as a Ranger fan for a while. Uh, I'm also a Braves guy, so there'll be both teams represented tonight watching the All-Star game. That'll be fun to check out. Uh, Also, uh, Spurs do what everybody thought they were going to do. Wimbenyama has officially been shut down. So, Zay, you do not need to make time to watch Summer League Spurs tonight unless you really want to. Yeah, yeah, and good move by the Spurs. I mean, we've seen what we need to see. Summer League doesn't mean anything. It's kind of just for show, and he's got to get ready for the real season. I mean, there's a lot going on, and he's the number one pick, but we, he talked about all the distractions and just him settling down in San Antonio, getting used to Texas, getting mm-hmm. used to San Antonio, Texas, obviously, and just getting used to, you know, getting the routine, consistent routine, you know, consistent diet, like all of those things he's going to have to adjust to, which he's ahead of the curve on a lot of these guys because he's been a pro so long, coming from overseas, playing in France. So, yeah, I great move by the Spurs, and he showed me everything I need to see. He's going to be a good player. Uh, I haven't asked you about this guy in a while. Any updates on Serge Jabari Rice with that summer league team yeah, with the Spurs? I don't know why he hasn't played yet. 
I'll admit I've been fast forwarding just to when Victor's playing, yeah, so I can focus in on that. But I don't recall seeing Rice. I play. haven't seen him either. Okay, um, I'm he's a guy I'm, I'm definitely you know going to be rooting for and watching. That's what summer league is for. Yes, right? it's exactly. For, it's for guys like that. Uh, also tomorrow, Big Twelve Media Days, and today we're going to focus in a little bit on TCU and Oklahoma State. I may be wrong, Zay, but as we sit here, 53 days away from Texas's first game, that first big uh, September. September 2nd weekend until they show me that they're not part of it, I think TCU might be that second team. I really do. Really, If we're talking about Texas and somebody, I'm going to give Dykes the respect. I'm going to give Morris the respect at quarterback. Go look at some of these transfers they're bringing in. A running back that spent time at Alabama. A former five-star. I mean, the the kid, Joe, was it – was it Joe – John Paul Richardson, that transfer from Oklahoma State. I think the back end of their defense is going to be pretty damn good. So, I don't know. To me, that TCU game against Colorado to start the season, that's interesting because if they get that one, go look at the front end of TCU's schedule. Tell me where the danger is. Tell me where the game you're sure they're going to lose is because they, they could go to their bye 8-0. and Getting ready for Texas Tech. Now that's, I mean, if you think they're going to Manhattan and beating K-State, do we know for sure that K-State's better than TCU? A lot of people say yes. The media said yes. I don't know. I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah. And Sonny Dykes, he's going to have to show me some. You're going to have to show me that he didn't just inherit a very good team with a lot of players that went to the NFL in 2023 from Gary Patterson and yeah those games they're gonna prove a little something against Colorado you know the first part of their schedule they're gonna prove something and Chandler Morris the quarterback that was supposed to start over Max Duggan last year but ended up getting hurt which was obviously a blessing of the skies for Horn Frog fans if he can live up to the hype that he's supposed to be then you're right they should be in the mix for winning the Big 12 title but god they just lost so many guys they did and that's fair it's a fair thing to bring up and they're returning 11 starters and there's some good guys like you think about Josh Newton the cornerback and Johnny Hodges the linebacker both of those guys were solid last year they have Mark Perry at safety who had 14 starts so they still got really good players that were a part of that team that went to the national championship last year but also Chad Garrett Riley is gone yeah. Offensive coordinator, Lincoln's brother, who was a big part of their offense and lighting it up, really knew mm-hmm. Max Duggan. That's going to be an interesting shift. Will they be able to overcome that? We will see. But a lot of the time, it's very hard adjusting to a new offensive coordinator, especially with the turnover that they have down in Fort Worth. That is it. Offensive side is the focus for a lot of reasons. All the guys they lose, plus what you just mentioned. Um, has everybody realized and remembered who the new offensive coordinator is? For a Sonny Dykes, a Bryles is back in the Big 12, kids. Wow, that's right. Kendall Bryles. I'm going to guess Kendall's not going to be there tomorrow at Jerry World. <laughs> just a guess. That's just a guess. Kendall Bryles, though. So that Baylor mindset with the TCU talent that Dykes has built, they want to still keep it up-tempo at times if they can. But again, you lose Duggan, you lose Miller, you lose DeMarcado at running back, you lose Johnston, you lose Tay Barber. I get all that. But they did get all the way to the title game. They got into the playoff. They were one of the better teams in the country. I'm just saying don't forget about TCU. I wouldn't have put them fifth. I'll put it that way. Would I have absolutely put them second? I'm not sure. 
But I don't think they needed to be fifth. I thought they got disrespected. I'm interested to see if Sonny Dykes and those players have a little edge to them tomorrow because of that. They should. I mean, I w- wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're, if you're the safety Bud Clark or, J- by the way, Jarrett Wiley, that's an interview I hope somebody gets tomorrow. Tight end Jarrett Wiley that was at Texas? Yeah. That's a DCU now. He's coming. Yeah, ask him about that holding call that didn't get called when he came down to DKR. And Kendra Miller went for a 70-something yard touchdown that completely changed the game. Ask him about that. Jarrett will say, what call? What (laughs) What are you talking about? I would respect that. You mean my fundamentals? Is that what you mean? Hey, I would respect that, man. Yeah, we'll talk a little Oklahoma State today as well. You can give us your thoughts on that. Also, if you have any hazing stories, we will take them today. Pat Fitzgerald fired at uh, Northwest because of hazing incidents uh, in the program. Also up next, in the crap bag, a little crap bag concert review. Still trying to be dad of the year. Plus a documentary preview deep down. You know you want to see it. I'll tell you when it's coming. Plus we'll talk about best edge rushers in the NFL at 105. Keep it right here on the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right. Start smiling when this one fired up. Billy Joel and what, you ought to know by now? No. 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 Uh, you ought to know by, by now. But it's not called that. It's not called that. Huh. What? I forget. What's it called? Moving out. Moving out. That's what it is. Anthony's moving in. song. I'm moving out. That's it. Sorry, I didn't let Billy get there. You know what, Billy? You go ahead. You tell him. Mm-hmm. There he is, Billy Joel and the Blues Brothers to get us started today. Keeping my fingers crossed that I get that Billy Joel Stevie Nicks show in March. Speaking of Jerry World, that's where it'll be. Okay. Keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, I'll tell you about another concert that I just attended coming up here in the crap bag. Also, a documentary that we've all been waiting for. Not just me. Not just me. Trust me, I've been waiting for it. But I think the rest of you might enjoy it as well. Plus, coming up at 105, Zay's got another great list for us in the NFL. And today, it is one of the things you have to have. If you do not have a great passer in the NFL, it's always a good idea to have a badass edge rusher. So how about this? Best edge rushers in the NFL as voted on by players, coaches, and staff only. No media stuff. I'm interested to see where this one goes. Zay says it's a pretty interesting top 10 and this is current or all time current current Current. edge rushers in the nfl gotta be in the league right now gotta be in right now okay so lawrence taylor is not being mentioned unfortunately okie does he would be number one no javon curse no lawrence taylor no ed jones no okay just checking okay so let's get into the crap bag here i'll tell you about the concert and something that's got to stop at concerts plus the documentary you want to see chad's crap bag crap bag If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Once again, this is my Father of the Year trifecta, now complete. Took my kid to see Harry Styles, one of the One Direction guys. Took uh, took her to see uh, Taylor Swift, probably her favorite ever. And now we finished with Louis Tomlinson, another one of these One Direction dudes. So we're done for the year? That's it? 
Oh, I didn't say we're done with concerts. We're done with the ones focused on her. Okay. Now, she's still got some concerts coming up, but they're stuff where I'm getting her a little more into things that I care about. Yeah, put on their own game. Right. Yeah, so it's great parenting. We're trying to trying to trying to expand. You know, expand things. These were really for her, though. It was a good show. I love Cynthia Woods in Houston. The crowd reaction is unbelievable. Really? I have never been to this, these kind of pop shows. So back in the day, I never hit Michael Jackson or Prince or Madonna or anything. And to listen to these these kids go crazy. So this is a crowd full of people. A lot of them are female, but a lot of kids that loved One Direction. So that band, those songs are in their brain. They love them. So when he would sing one of those songs, he did it twice, they just extra lit up right and they're singing every word my kid is singing every word and she's pumping her fist and she's putting her hands up in the air and doing the whole thing it was awesome and then as the encore was about to happen they they started chanting random one direction songs as a crowd i have never heard that in my life did they did three different ones before he started the encore it was bizarre so the the connection is amazing to watch it was it was fantastic. He put on a good show. Uh, the crowd project freaks me out, but get this: they pass out little pieces of blue paper before the show and tell you that when he plays a certain song, put the blue piece of paper over the flashlight on your phone, and we're going to make it a blue light instead of a regular white light. Ah, this happens. That's what fan. That's what these kids do now. Interesting. I had no idea that there were fan projects. At shows. Yeah, the game's changed. Yeah, it shows the artist that you're thinking on a different level trying to help them out. Right. Um, when you so, said passed out blue strips, first thing I thought, because concert was acid. <laughs> That's just where my head is, but I'm glad it went that way. A more, you know, G-rated show. Don't look directly at Louie, man. Uh, so then the other one is, so the weirdest thing I saw, I thought you might appreciate. We're in the back section of Cynthia Woods. They didn't sell the lawn seats, so just the two main sections. In the front row of our section, we were about midway through, midway back. In the front row were three people, two women and a man, and they were all 75 easy. Wow. All gray hair. I didn't see a kid with them. I saw no grandchildren. It was woman, woman, blank seat, the man. And as far as I know, they sat there the whole show. My daughter would not let me go interview them and find out why. I was ready to do it. Yeah. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to embarrass her. But you know me, I'll talk to anybody. Oh, yeah. But I wanted to know, like, what in the world? Like, I thought I'd be the oldest yeah, guy why there. Why are y'all here? Right. Dude, w- when they walked in, I thought, I'm not near the oldest guy here. This is great. So I have no idea why they were there. But it was a good show. Here's what I need to tell everybody, though, Zay. We've reached a time in concerts. It didn't happen. A lo- nothing serious happened at this show. But at one point, a fan threw their phone on stage. Oh, we got to stop doing that. So there's a new thing going on. Apparently, if you slide your phone up on stage, some of the artists have actually started to, like, they'll pick them up and they'll do a a little video or a selfie or something, right? But it's going to another level now. My man Harry Styles recently got hit in the face with an object. Got hit in the eye. Yeah, I saw. You see that video? I saw somebody get hit. I didn't think it was Harry, but it looked like somebody in women's attire, so it might have been. He was was in a, oh, he wears wild outfits, yes. He got hit in Austria. Uh, there's another artist where a fan jumped on stage and slapped her during the show. Um, there's like, and there's more and more objects they're seeing getting thrown on stage, and they're asking these kids, "Why are you doing it?" Somebody who threw their phone at an artist. Why'd you do? It? I thought it'd be funny. Wow. 
Yeah, these kids have no respect. Unbelievable. And and if if, if you have not respect for nothing else, you don't have respect for the amount of money that phone costs now? Right. Can we just get back to throwing bras and panties? Thank you. Thank Let's you. Let's get back to that. Not even my generation. That's the generation before mine. Those ladies knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. The Temptations. Go oh. to the Temps. Go to Tom Jones. Go see Elvis. Yeah. Take off the panties. Take off the bra. Take off undergarments. Take off regular garments. That's it. Throw clothing. You can even throw a hat if you want to. But please stop throwing hard objects at, at the artist. That's crazy. Yeah. Wanting to be a part of it is one thing. Stop throwing stuff at the artist. That's dumb. You paid to see them entertain you, and now you want to piss them off? I've seen some artists just straight up walk off the stage. I think Lil Wayne did that recently. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Like, he I, didn't like the way he was getting treated and said, F this, I'm gone. My kid showed me a video, or told me about a video, I haven't seen it the other day, of one of your favorites. You're going to love this. My kid says that recently Adele went on stage. I think I guess they're still doing the Vegas shows maybe for Adele. Okay. Adele went on stage and in a like profanity-laced English sexy way told everybody, I wish somebody would throw something at me tonight. Oh, yeah. Just try it. Adele hard. You just try it. Yeah. We will have you thrown out of here in a dramatic way. Yeah, yeah. Adele from the ghettos of the UK. Dude, she, Don't play with her. She was fired yeah, up. She with Rich Paul and everything. Don't test her. Yeah, so stop throwing the stuff. All right, Zay, here's the big announcement. Documentary-wise, the Johnny Manziel documentary has a release date. Oh, Come on, baby. It's beautiful. Deep down, y'all know. Because, I, hey, I had just as many Longhorns walk up to me during that time frame as I did Aggies or other f- fans saying, I don't care who he plays for, that is fun to watch. I hate how much fun he was. <laughs> right? It was such a good time, and I hate it because Texas wasn't in the best time either. You're right. So, You're right. it's yeah, it really kind of just twists the knife in the gut. But, yeah, it, it was fun. It was a fun time. The documentary is called Untold. And it is debuting on Netflix August 8th, right before football season. I love it. August 8th, the Johnny Menzel doc. I'm assuming they got Johnny to cooperate on something like this. Who else do they have talking about Johnny football is the question. Probably Drake, somebody like that. That's that's a big part of his life. If they have Drake stories, that'd be great. Yeah, he was living wild. Somebody who was a bouncer in Northgate. Yep, a bodyguard here in Austin, here in ATX. The Austin stories. Anybody out in Kerrville to yep. tell us the Tybee stories? Yep. Dude, those stories are legendary out there. Where he used to go at high school games, he'd score touchdowns and double bird the fans at the road games. I mean, he was a show from day one. Yeah. So that's coming up August the 8th, the Johnny Manziel documentary. Good grief. All right, coming up, your 1 o'clock hour. We'll hit you with a little flex segment, another district preview, a district a lot of people know around this area. But it is slightly different this year. We'll focus on quarterbacks today with that district. Uh, also, some Zion updates coming up in that uh, in that one thirty segment as well. Zion Williamson trying to figure out how to get back on the floor and maybe – How to be the best player he can be? We'll talk about that. Plus, up next, speaking of the best, how about the best edge rushers in the NFL as voted by the players, the coaches, and the staff that deal with them every single week? That's next on The Horn.